Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Live Life Progressive Podcast with Mike Mahler and myself, Sincere Hogan. Great show today, man. Um, I guess you can say, like, this guy and I kind of followed each other on Facebook for a few years now, and I, I like to say he's a really cool dude and, and, and a good friend because basically I, one of the reasons why I think this dude is so cool is he's just like us. He pulls no punches. And especially when we talk about how this world is so PC and everybody doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But one thing I like about our guest today, when he sees bullshit, he calls bullshit and doesn't care what you think about it. And that's what I'm talking about. And especially in the fitness industry, which is becoming like this manure factory now because there's so much bullshit in this industry. So obviously we're... we're you, mean, in- you mean bullshit like putting butter in coffee? That kind of bullshit, Sincere? Or bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> let's, start off, let's start off with a bang here, man. Bing. Whoa. <laughs> take that, take that. <laughs> so yeah, so one of yeah, them... That's always a good one. Exactly. So, <laughs> want to welcome Jay Ashman on the show, man. What's up, man? How are you? How much? How you doing? Doing great, man. Thanks for taking your time out. Actually, training clients to actually be on the show, or actually training yourself, which a lot of fitness pros don't do anymore. Jay <laughs> may be one of the few fitness professionals that actually has clients. Everyone else oh. is an online. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, so yeah, man. Thanks a lot for coming on the show, man. And. Uh, we could get into a lot of things. You know, I guess let's talk about, like, just pretty much your journey, man. Like, let's say, by the time you and I were acquainted with each other, you were dabbling in CrossFit a little bit then, but now yes. totally not doing that. Um, right now, if I'm not mistaken, your, your regimen pretty much consists of more of a bodybuilding-type regimen, which we know there's a lot of bashing of that in our industry as well. Like, oh, you can't train like a bodybuilder. Those, those are bullshit workouts and, you know, isolation and all that. But you're one of the few dudes that, that are doing it right. So I guess like we just talk about that journey, man. And, and again, like we talked about before the call, it wasn't like you were born this way. It wasn't like you were born like a gifted athlete or anything like that. Kind of like Not myself, we were two little skinny, skinny ass dudes during high school playing, you know, sports and things like that. And if I remember the story right, I think it was actually your mom that actually told you to start working out, right? Exactly. I was like, uh, I was in tenth grade. I started playing football in high school, and uh, I was about five foot nine, hundred and fifty-five pounds. And I was a pretty good player, but I was small, didn't have enough size to play. And actually, at that time, I hated working out. I just hated lifting weights. Everybody in the weight room was, uh, was pretty much the biggest guy in the bench, biggest guy in the squat, and I wasn't that guy. So I pretty much uh, did not work out with the team much at all. And my mom got me into it because she was uh, teaching set classes at the local gym, and she talked me into going to her gym to work out. Yeah, it's crazy. So man. I kind of, started, kind of started from there. Sorry, my dog just barking in the background. Uh, don't Sorry, worry. Come on. Our dogs are join in pretty soon. Just give them, give them a little time. <laughs> so the UPS guy rolls up. You're that guy threw me off. She said, she went, it's a little bark. I'm like, what the hell? You have a bark. <laughs> yeah, like, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what actually got you to actually move past that, I guess you can say, as they used to say in the old Charles Atlas, you know, ads, going from being the pencil neck geek <laughs> to actually like where you are now, man? <laughs> well, I can tell you, uh, it's pretty much started at a world gym in Reading, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. That was a, uh, a gym. We had a back room where all the powerlifters were trained. And at that time, I was just doing the usual body part splits, not really having any direction. And I came across a guy, Mark Moyer. Mark Moyer was uh, Steve Polchinello's old friend. Mm-hmm. This is back in, like, the late 90s. And uh, Mark Moyer was a uh, pro Highland game athlete. So he kind of took me under his wing a little bit, trained me a little bit, told me how to lift heavy, started coaching me for Highland Games. And at that time, I started getting involved with Highland Games. 
But in the meantime, even when I was playing sports, then I never actually got involved in the whole sports performance training. Because at that time, in the 90s, we didn't really have strength coaches right. around the corner. You had, to, I mean, you had to find them. And if you didn't know where to look, you're pretty much on your own. Right. So I was kind of lucky that uh, someone like him took me under his wing a little bit and taught me a little bit more what I had, what I'd actually knew at that time. And, of course, it all branched off from there. I started playing rugby, started doing strongman, you know, discovered Pavel back in the early 2000s, started doing Power to the People program originally. I found CrossFit. I got hurt doing CrossFit. How much therapy Stop. do you have to use to get past the Power to the People program, that whole experience? <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely, uh, that, 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 remember that program actually went tore my hamstring. <laughs> I thought, oh boy! Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I, I did the bench press and I locked my leg down and it popped. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. that, was, yeah. that was definitely a hard program. But I did help a lot. I mean, but I think I did it a little bit too long. I did it about a year and a half. I just just kept doing it and doing it and doing it and right. doing it. And next thing I know, the nation returned. Something happened. No, to be fair, it's a good program. It's just like you said, you have to cycle it accordingly, and it's not something you can do forever. Obviously. Yeah. Well, back then, I mean, you know, I mean, you always taught people how to do things, but you never do it yourself. Right. Kind of like, you know, we're stubborn and we're stupid. Like, oh, stretch or foam roll. But shit, I don't stretch, I don't foam roll. I mean, I'll be honest about that. I told my clients, uh, you know, eat healthy. I'm eating Pop Tarts and peanut butter. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I mean, unfortunately, I can admit that, you know, because I actually look decent. But, you know, some people don't, so I got to eat a little more healthy. That's one of the things I think that, that really helps resonate with you is like, you're very honest about it. But again, you're actually doing, it's not like you're just sitting on your ass eating Pop-Tarts and peanut butter. Not that we say go out and eat Pop-Tarts and peanut butter, but hey, man, Pop-Tarts are fucking good. It's too, bad yeah, they're just good. too bad they're not as good as they were when we were kids when they were actually just regular Pop-Tarts. Now they're something else. But <laughs> yeah, man, but you also had like, um, you actually tried out for the Browns as well, right? Actually, back in 1998, it was when the Browns came back in the league mm-hmm. and I had a workout with them. My first time, ever, my first time I ever came to Cleveland was in 98, and now I live in Cleveland. So I didn't really listen to much back in 98. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's, I'm sorry. Yeah, dude, so am I. I'm, I'm, I'm playing like a three and a half years of denial here. I'm not going to lie. I'm the college Wooster in Ohio. It's like, it, I feel your pain. <laughs> hey, well, Wooster isn't really a sense. more like, uh, where the hell am I right now kind of town. Now, Wooster's more like the movie Roadhouse, no exaggeration. I, I was a bouncer at the only nightclub, in, if you can even call it that, a nightclub in town, and yeah. Yeah, the best part of Wooster is actually Amber Durney at. That's pretty much it. Everything else yeah. is... Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's what I think about when I hear He's Wooster. He's a national like treasure there. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Andrew was trying to convince me that Wooster is a great place to live at the age of Coral Course. He's like, look, man, you know, I got a nice house and it's cheap. I'm like, Andrew, Andrew, you know, all of these other people at the table, they've never been to Wooster. So you may be trying to... You can you can probably bullshit them, but don't bullshit me, dude. I lived in that town for <laughs> I, I, I was like, I was like, finding a girl there with a full set of teeth is like finding a needle to haystack. <laughs> yeah, right now, right now, Matt, right now, I'm in Ohio. You guys aren't. They're hearing this shit. They're gonna kill me. <laughs> so yeah, man, you mentioned that um, you'd also when you did CrossFit, you got injured doing that as well. Like, what happened with that? Well, it's pretty much uh, I. I I found, I found that back in uh, early 2000s. So I was searching around a website for, well, I mean, internet for uh, stuff to get ready for rugby, and I came across it by accident. And I started doing it, kind of uh, took a hiatus from it for a while, and went back to it, I would say, probably 2006. And then you get kind of hooked on it. You get hooked on your endorphins. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, when you're doing these workouts and you're getting your ass kicked, it's kind of a hard feeling to overlook sometimes. You know, it's very, it's very addicting. So eventually you get overuse injuries. You know, I tweaked my back, tweaked my shoulder a few times. 
you know, I'm a big guy. Um, at the time, I was probably around like 250, 245. Mm-hmm. And I was doing kipping pull-ups a lot and just took wear and tear on my shoulder. Not necessarily, I don't think kipping in itself is necessarily bad. I think my technique wasn't the best in the world. And it was causing too much shearing forces and a way down. So, so I, I kind of had to get out of that. You know, and I, when I came out, I just uh, never looked back from it. And then I became a rabid CrossFit hater for a few years. <laughs> so I'm sure Mike knows full well about that. Well, actually, you know, CrossFit, my, my, I have kind of an interesting feeling about CrossFit. One, I know really good CrossFit coaches, and I know some that suck. And I can say that about anyone. I know a lot of kettlebell instructors that suck. And I know some that are really good. And CrossFit has been very good for my business in the sense that I go all over the world teaching my courses, at least I have the last couple of years. And pretty much every facility that hosts my courses, and they always do it, they're always very gracious and they do it for free, are CrossFit gyms. So there's, yeah. there's a contingency of the CrossFit population that realizes there's problems within the organization and they're looking for good instruction outside. Right. So that's yeah, I think the culture, where, I think, yeah, I think the culture of the gyms are that way. I think the individual right, culture of the right. CrossFit gym, you see people are willing to learn. I mean, I did a yeah. seminar back in 2011. It was me, Dan John, Gant Grimes, and Jack Reap. Right. You know, we did, we did it at a CrossFit gym. Right. There I'm sorry. Go. I'm sorry. I actually yeah, did it at BJ Bluffers gym. I'm sorry. In full throttle athletics. Yeah. yeah but but most, Texas, most, yeah. yeah, most of the people that came, though, were local CrossFitters. Right. So yeah, they, I think, I think these people want to learn. They want to get better. And I think CrossFit has done unbelievable things for the fitness industry. But well, my there's thing also about CrossFit is when I hear people saying, you know, fuck CrossFit, CrossFit sucks. It's like, well, you know, that's easy to say if you're not in the industry. But those of us in the industry, it, it, it's it's not it, it's self sabotaging to be so myopic about the whole thing because yeah, there's components about CrossFit I don't like, and I'm very vocal about that. It's not like I try to be diplomatic, and I and I've said that to people at CrossFit gyms. I'm a little bit more diplomatic there, <laughs> but the point is is that. It's a very powerful distribution point for whatever you're trying to get across, so whether it's kettlebell training or you've got supplements or you've got nutrition information or hormone optimization. The CrossFit community is a huge machine, and there are very good people within that organization, like you said, who are hungry for good information. So find those people and harness that rather than just alienizing the whole organization right. for nothing. Right, and my thing right. is, you know, and we talked about this on the show previously, it's like, instead of bashing them, you know, okay, if your skill set is what they need, then offer your services. A, exactly. that's good for your business, first of all, because guess what? Like Mike said, they're, they're hungry. They want to know. And don't sit there and wait for them to reach out to you. Reach out to them like, hey, man, you know, I know you guys, I know sometimes they'll just throw some kettlebell stuff in the middle of the CrossFit games or the qualifiers or all that. And, you know, I can, I'm more than happy to come and teach a seminar on snatch technique That'll be a big difference on I'm how sure many you more are. reps and yeah, time. All those CrossFit girls, I'm sure hey, you're more hey, than hey, happy. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> See, that right there, that right there is bad. For, that's bad for business. See, that's the reason why you should not interrupt while we're talking. Touche, <laughs> 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 touche. Just so you know, folks, Sincere sends me daily pics of CrossFit girls in those long socks. So, I mean, he's been spending a lot of time over there. <laughs> Short. Come on, long socks and short shorts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, nothing wrong with that, man. Hey, that alone makes the CrossFit community worth working with right there. <laughs> Everything else, I don't care about their shitty-ass Olympic lifting <laughs> technique and the fucking tipping pull-ups, man. That alone right there is, you know, let's call a spade a spade. Come on. And, my, and let's just let's admit it. That's good for business as far as getting women to lift some weights in this, in this industry. It's Absolutely. like, okay, you got 
female bodybuilders or you got CrossFit girls. Which one do you want to look like? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so it's yeah. good for business. You know, so again, it's about how you look at it and how, what perspective you have of it and how you approach it instead of just bashing it or whatever. You can spin it and you can profit from the way you spin it. So well, I like what you said, sincere, where you said that on, on like a couple episodes ago, you're talking about these people that these kind of sanctimonious assholes who think they're so great, like, oh, their technique sucks. Looks like, look how good we are. It's like, well, <laughs> you're in the business, right? Why don't you actually offer an olive branch and go work with them and actually make some money out of it and make a win-win situation? And there's probably a thing or two you can learn from them, too, instead of just exactly. being such a know-it-all dipshit who thinks you know everything. Use <laughs> some pudgy little fat fuck that's saying stuff like that anyway. And, or we'll never see them online because they're anonymous. Yeah, my time out of ten, people are going to bitch and moan all day about it, and you're going to be a part of the problem, or going to fix the problem. And I admit, at one point in my life, I was probably a part of the problem. You know, posting my ass off about how much it sucked, you know, how much this, how much that, and all this. I came to realization. I'm like, you know what? It's really not worth it. People are trying. They're trying to be better, and if they have bad coaching, it's got to be fixed. You know, who's going to fix that? You know, you're not going to fix that by trashing them. If you trash somebody, you put them in defensive. You put somebody in defensive, we're not going to fix it. Right. Yeah. They're gonna keep saying, "Well, fuck you. I do it my way. Fuck you." That's how it is. Right. I right. think I think what you had, Jay, was that bad breakup syndrome. I mean, it's funny. I have another buddy who was like so, so. Oh yeah, awesome. definitely. He, I was, was I was I was totally a sperm girlfriend. Totally. <laughs> you know, this dude was like, um, he was so into CrossFit when we first met, and now he's like, he hates CrossFit. He hates Paleo. He's just angry and a bitter man. I'm just like, dude. He's sending me like his fan pages, like. Fuck paleo, fuck cross. I'm like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not gonna be a fan of that page. That's stupid. Calm down. That's, you, you had a bitter breakup, dude. You're mad at your ex-wife, which is crossfit. Okay, that's what it is. And you know, yeah, you let's, a, let's put our hate in the right direction, like bulletproof coffee. Okay. Let's be reasonable with what we hate. Oh man, and bulletproof marketing is more like it. You know, that's Bullet, bulletproof. And I've heard bull, bulletproof oh, enemas are next on the marketing list. Bulletproof enemas. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, kind of funny. it's kind of funny to bring up bulletproof coffee. I just got a, I had a phone interview the other day with Muscle Mag Magazine. The guy called me up about, he wanted a few quotes about bulletproof coffee. What? So I was, he and actually called me. And why you? Well, I know, I, I told the guy before, I'm like, look, I'm not going to give it a glowing review. I pretty much think that's bullshit. Right. So he's like, well, I want you to give me what you feel about it. And I said, all right. So I, I gave it to him in a nice way. I mean, I didn't, I didn't pull punch it, but at the same time, I didn't come off like an asshole about it. Right. I just told him what right. I thought about it. I said, bulletproof coffee is largely a gimmick. It works for people who are low-carb diets. That's it. And the only reason why it works is you get them, you get them a little bit of extra healthy fat in your diet. Right. I'm like, aside from producing energy and being some magic elixir, I'm like, no, it's just a bunch of hype. Well, I mean, coffee doesn't give you energy. Caffeine doesn't no give caffeine. you energy. No caffeine. It's a carrier. It's a transporter. Yeah. You know, that's so, I mean, right. so coffee and fat taken at the same time, now it's just a slow drip caffeine delivery system, which is fine. Exactly. But caffeine is not energy. And that's what, that's what I always laugh about. And I go, oh, man, I have, a, I have this cup of coffee. I'm so energetic. I was like, well, you're going to be going into a deficit once that wears off because it's like credit right. card debt. It's, it's I mean, I love, my, I, love my, I love my caffeine. I'm not going to lie. I do love my caffeine. I oh, mean, no doubt. But... And caffeine has a lot of benefits, too. But, but, I mean, I think people have to realize that it's not an energy source. You know what I mean? So it's, it's not the end-all, be-all. You're not putting fuel in your tank when you take caffeine in. And I think right. people that are, like, addicted to caffeine all day, they, they all look a certain way, like they haven't slept in a long time. You know, people, that, that's what I know about Vegas? everyone who drinks several pot, yeah, pots of coffee. And then it's hard for me to listen to someone who's, who's 
you know, blown a lot of money on biohacking himself, who looks like he's 20 years older than he is either, because the, the proof should be, you know, your, your personal results are always going to be your most compelling arguments. And if, if the personal results are not that great, then nothing else really matters, right? It's like, okay, you may know a lot, but your personal results suck. So it's hard for me to take anything you say seriously. Hey, man, there are a lot of no. doctors that know a lot, but they're fat fucks telling you you need to start a diet and, and exercise program. Really, Pudgy? Really? You're going to tell me that? <laughs> and the information may be good, but the fact that they can't follow it themselves or, it's not being, <laughs> or that it's not even affecting them beneficially, it's hard for the rest of us to take it seriously. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and my biggest thing is also don't act as if yours – the upgrade thing, that, that that's what bothers me. And saying that, you know, pretty much – Here's the source. No mycotoxins, no this, that, and the other, and everything else is pretty much crap. Yeah, no, man. And, and my thing is, especially, you know, I just did my little tour going to Costa Rica and just really seeing how things are processed and all that. Like, dude, uh, but I said it before I went there. You're not the only game in town, but don't act as if you are. And then, then don't just misinform everybody listening out there because now they're all, like, worshiping you because, again, you're preying upon this, this, this emotional need. So these people that need coffee – you found the right niche. You know, right. these people are there right for the picking. Like, oh, no, no, I know you love coffee, but you need this coffee. Way to go, Jim yeah. Jones. <laughs> Way to take it back to Jonestown. I like that. You know, go ahead. Instead of Kool-Aid. <laughs> pretty much, instead of Kool-Aid. Well, that's pretty coffee. much entire marketing of the business itself. I mean, that's pretty much how fitness marketing is. I mean, you, yeah. uh, right. you attack somebody's emotional need for some type of yeah. result, and you know exactly what to say to them and to buy your products. Exactly. Right. right. Like, Mike and I talk about I, that. I don't feel it has to be that way. Is where we, I, you know, because we were talking about with John, with John Hines yesterday. We had an, you're going to love that episode, <laughs> man. That was an awesome episode. But we were talking about how John said a, a lot of people that are in line with the company that screwed him over, their argument is like, well, you know, i got to make money. i got my family, this and that. It's like, as, if, as if the only way to make a good living is by screwing people over. You know, I feel like you can market aggressively without being a total dipshit about it. You, you, don't, you don't have to do that kicking sand in the face bullshit. Like, I market aggressively. You know, I run my – I push my products hard, whatever it is, a workshop, nutrition supplement, whatever it is, because I believe in this shit. But it doesn't mean that I have to say, well, look, man, are you tired of having a small dick and not pleasing your wife? <laughs> Time to get on my fucking products, asshole. You fucking <laughs> half a man. No, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it probably worked a lot better, though. <laughs> yeah, it probably would. Yeah, it probably would. To, to the wrong people, though. But you're not going to attract people. In the long run, it won't because you're not going to attract people that are the right fit for your message. So you're not going to sell as much in the short run, but you're going to last a lot longer because you're not going to go the way of Matt Fury. Let's put it that way. He, he came out of the gate marketing crazy. Eventually, it caught up with him. And when he stopped working out, that didn't help. But now he's, now he's a marketing expert because he can't be a fitness expert anymore for obvious reasons. So I mean, those, 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 those lines of marketing run their course. Yeah, eventually it catches up with you. You know, Paul Bull lying about being a master of sport. That caught up with him, obviously, because that was – I always laugh at people. And now they're like, well, he never said he was a master of sport in kettlebells. Bullshit. I was fucking there. Yes, he did. He said he was a master of sport in kettlebells. He did 45 jerks and 40 snatches or whatever the fuck it was to achieve that number, which is obviously a long time ago because that's a much lower standard than now. So I was fucking there when all that stuff was happening. So don't tell me what he said or didn't say. And that stuff caught up with him. And now, of course, they kind of push that under the carpet where it's not mentioned anymore. But you blatantly lied, man. And, and to me, you didn't have to lie about it. Just come out. The information was pretty good for the most part. So why can't you just rely on that? So there you go. A lot of times people have to bring them up a little bit higher to sell products. I mean, uh, people right. are impressed by credentials or impressed by stuff they can't do or stuff right, they want right. to do. So, you know, just how it is. I mean, I'm fortunate, but 
I don't see it changing. I don't see it ever changing anytime soon. But people are generally followers. They just want to be led around. No, that's true. But I mean, what yeah. about? I mean, you can have legit. I mean, you can have legitimate credentials though. Like my coach, Mark Phillips. Oh, about now. He's got credentials. He's got credentials. By all means, talk him up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all of his credentials are legit. So I mean, why don't? Why don't you just rely on what you actually have? So, like, whatever you feel your accomplishments are, just lead with that. And to me, that will be enough, man. I mean, it's, if, if it's not enough, then it's not enough. You go do something else with your life. You know? Right. Yeah, and here's, here's the irony of that. And that's one of the things I was going to bring up, Jay. Now, you have all these folks, what we call on this show, the paper chasers. They have all these degrees in every form of kinesiology they can find. But yet, still, they're, they're constantly, they're mostly in the classroom. Now, a guy like yourself, I mean, you've, you don't have a degree in this madness. You know, you, no, you, pretty much do, you, you don't have an exercise background, but here's the one thing you do have. You have the experience, and you have clients who have success stories. And there's a lot of folks out there with a bunch of papers on the wall or whatever, and their clients look like shit, and so do they. <laughs> so, you know, like pretty much like what do you do, dude, when somebody steps to you and they're like, okay, well, do you have your – where do you get your degree? Do you have your CSCS and all that other matters? Like, have you ever had experience that with a client, or usually yes, I have. would it be a fitness professional coming at you with that? I remember working out here, working for a facility out in Ohio, and uh, this local high school football kid and his dad came in talking about it, and he goes, uh, do you have a CSCS? And I put him on his toe and said, no, I don't. I have no degree. I have no CSCS. I don't have a PES. I'm not like that. I said, I have an ISSA, ISSA certification. Mm. That's pretty much all I have. I took a test. You know, so I said, if you're going to judge me based upon that, then maybe you should go somewhere else. I mean, I'm pretty much full of punch. I'm not going to ask anybody. I'm not going to beg anybody to train me. I'm just going to say, hey, you know, give it a shot. If you like it, you like it. If not, move on. So I'm pretty confident in the fact that once they get in the gym with me, they'll see what I can do, not they'll actually enjoy it. I've never had a, I've never had a client, never. I'm not going to say this, honest to God, sure. I've never had a client leave because of a lack of results. They left because they have money. They want to try something else or I move out of town. That's pretty much it. I mean, I might be a little cocky of what they probably say, but I think education goes a long way toward understanding energy systems, muscles, anatomy, physiology. That's all stuff you can learn on your own. Put the property, put an amount of energy into it. There you go. You don't have to have a degree. It right. does I help. Feel like if, if you read Mel Ziff's super training from cover to cover, <laughs> you have serious knowledge. And I don't know anyone who's done that, by the way, but let's say. Good luck. Has anybody ever read that book cover to cover, though, honestly? <laughs> no, no, no. Anyone who like ever I, says they have is lying, man. Like no I said, that is, the, that is like a war. It's like they've read the Bible from start to finish. It's like, no, you haven't. All yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Super training. That book is unbelievably hard to read. It's boring. It's hard. I'm like, holy shit. It's more like a reference book. You can put in your book. Bookshelf make you look, look really smart. <laughs> I mean, people walk in and are like, oh, you're super training? Man, that's kind of what he's doing. And you're like, yeah, I do. No that, problem. That that Vladimir Stasiorski's The Science and Practice of Strength Training. That, that's actually a better, that's actually a much easier yeah. read, but it, it's still that academic tone of, of drive. Right. But super training is awesome information, man. But goddamn, that stuff is trash. <laughs> I mean, I've read, I've read uh, parts, I've read a lot of that book, not cover to cover, just for a reference point and whatnot. And it definitely has a lot of information in it, but it's not a Bible. I mean, a lot of our books out there, they're probably just as good, if not better, that you can look at and read easier and apply a little bit easier in super training. Very true. Right. And then the one issue I have, just like a lot of times when you go into university for your degrees or whatever, a lot of times they stop right there. Do you understand? Most of the time in universities, most of the information is already dated. Because one thing about health 
it's constantly changing. Right now as we're speaking, there's probably some new disease that's been discovered, and there's some new program that's been discovered to combat this type of condition or obesity or whatever. So the thing is, a lot of this stuff is so dated, so you can't just stop with your degree. So you, my thing is stop chasing all those papers, get out there and get in the field and, and right. start getting that experience. So we're not saying don't get the education, but the thing is, it's not going to be, again, the be-all, end-all by all the papers that you have on the walls. You know, that doesn't mean jack shit anymore. That just means that a couple of trees died for you to put something on your wall. You know, there's more paper up there. Yeah, I think yeah, you have to balance it. You have to exactly. balance research with action. And I talk about that in my book where you don't want to be a research addict or an action addict. You don't want to be someone who's just impulsive and you fly off the wall every time you have an idea. And then at the same time, you don't want to be someone who always thinks I need to read one more book and take one more course. Then I'll be ready to finally take some right. action. You, but you've got to do both. So sometimes you know, you're out there, action, 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 and you realize, man, I'm burned out. Time to go back and refill that cup, get some more research in, learn some new things. And then you get fed up with that. It's time to start teaching it. Exactly. There are a lot of gyms out there that actually do that. I know for a fact that there's a gym in Columbus called Spot Athletics. I had a couple of my friends are trainers at, and they, they have guys there, guys, front coaches there that come down, and they, they teach, they learn, and they apply it all at the same time. That's what you have to do. You have to develop a culture of continuous learning as well as application. I mean, if you're a, self, if you're a self-employed trainer, you have to do it yourself. But if you work for a facility or you manage a facility that you're in charge of, you've got to pretty much get that culture started right away. Education is fantastic, but if you're not taking education and applying it right away, you're going to forget it. Right. You're simply right. going to forget it. That's how you do my work. I had calculus back in college, calc one, two, and three, analytical geometry. I don't remember a goddamn thing about calculus at all now. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't, remember, I, don't remember, I don't remember one fucking thing about it, but I had it. That's why I support uh, my degree. I would fail algebra, geometry, pre-calculus. I would fail all of that if I had to take any of those tests right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, the only reason why anything comes back to me as far as geometry is because my daughter's in high school right now. I'm like, oh, yeah, I actually remember that. It's like, so otherwise, I wasn't using it. So it was just tucked away somewhere in my memory. But you come to me about calculus and all the other stuff I didn't really give a shit about. Oh, she'll be in trouble. She's going to fail. So she definitely needs to go get a tutor and not dad. So I... I, I Again, I don't have any use for that madness. I wasn't going to be an architect or, you know, an engineer or anything like that. I could care less. So, hey, like my dad said, I can count my money. That matters. So, Jay, there's another thing we talked about. I saw you recently post this. Somebody asked you about, uh, I think it was um, RPE and all this. Again, just like one thing, about, one thing about this industry, man, they see something on Facebook of some type of training regimen or whatever, and they think it's the next big thing. But the thing is, it's not the next big thing because this shit's been around for like who, how many years now? <laughs> Five, 10, 15, 20. But as soon as somebody that, they, that they're following puts it up there and starts talking about it, all of a sudden, yeah, this is the next thing we're going to start doing in the gym, man. Like, dude, this shit's been out for a while. Where have you been? Yep. So, you know, what do you, what do you say to that, man? All this, I guess you can say redressed up BS. You know, it's good programming. Everything, every, every, everything goes in cycles. I mean, it's the way pause squats have been around forever. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden now people – the past couple of years or so, I've rediscovered them. Mm-hmm. RPE been around for a long time. Mike Teixeira wrote a great book about it several years ago that explains the whole system. And it's kind of been one of the books that's very underrated as far as a uh, training system goes. So, I mean, people people know what it is, but it didn't really get a lot of knowledge as far as like, there a lot of exposure until it got pretty much republished on Facebook by certain strength groups. Right. It's just the way it is, and now people hear all about it and want to learn more about it. So it's good for Mike, but it's also the way the industry goes, that you've got this constant stream of people coming in, stifling through from novice, intermediate, to advanced. Right. It's just a constant stream. So everything goes in cycles. Then the next, like, 10 years from now, you're going to see some kid online doing the same damn thing. Of, oh, my God, I found this RPE method. It's fucking great. Let's do this. 
you know, and you look at him like, dude, well, you know what, you can't blame him in a way because you're kind of new to it. But in the same token, you got to look at these guys who've been around for a long time and say, all right, we've got to get to find, get, find a way to get, educate people a little bit better to get them to know more about people that have been training for a long time, lifting for a long time. You know, keep the information out there fresh because there's a lot of information out there. A lot of things work. A lot of things work. And a lot of things don't that's work. Thing. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what it comes down to. Everybody thinks that their way is the only way. Like, dude, it just depends who you are. Pretty much, especially if you're somebody that's deconditioned or you've been doing one thing forever, then, of course, the next thing is going to work for you because you've been doing that other thing forever. So it's time for a change. Right. Wow. This is called the common sense method. And that's, what, that's been around for a long fucking time, too. And I'll take credit for it and put it on Facebook now. Hey, hey, man, you hear about some serious common sense? But method? very few people follow it. So I always laugh at that phrase, common sense. As I know. It's not common because the masses don't follow it. You know? So it's uncommon sense would be more accurate than exactly. common sense. No, but Jay's right. I mean, you know, right now I started doing deficit deadlifts, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying I invented deficit deadlifts, but a lot of people are asking me about it and so forth. And if you were a shitty marketer, I could come out with a book right now called <laughs> The Benefits of Deficit Deadlifts. You know? <laughs> it's like how to incorporate them in your program. You know, someone, someone, on the, someone in one of these organizations, Dragador or Strong Person, is probably like, man, you know, how, do we, how do we capitalize on this whole, this whole deficit deadlift thing getting popular? Let's, let's put, who's going to be the first guy to put a book out on this? With, you know? with kettle, with Not kettle that kettle. complicated, guys. Get a four-inch <laughs> fucking platform, put a barbell on top of it, and that you increase the range of motion, there you go. It helps you lift the bar off the floor when you go back to regular deadlifts. There you go. That's it. That's the whole article. <laughs> the deficit deficits are great. They've been around, obviously, since probably, you know, rocks and shit have been invented. We all know, but they're great. I love them. I mean, I, was, I think people should be doing them. I think if you're a lifter and try and improve your strength, deficits are definitely a vital part of that. Well, what has been your experience with them? I'm curious. How, how did you find it beneficial for improving your regular deadlift? I'm curious. Oh, well, no, definitely for leg drive. Awesome. Well, I doubt for leg drive. Good, good. That's what obviously you're, sitting, you're, you're sitting lower to the ground. Your ass is lower to the ground. You're in a position that's going to be a little uncomfortable. You have to get a little bit lower to the ground. If you, if, right. if you have your regular form for a deficit deadlift, you're going to be pulling with your back entirely, yes. which yeah. you really don't want to do. I mean, you can do yeah. it if you want to, but you're probably being a YouTube somewhere like an asshole saying, ha-ha, look at this guy. But if you're getting the ass down lower, you get more leg drive from it, which teaches you to pull the bar with your legs more, I believe. Right, right, absolutely. No doubt about it, and that's what I need because I tend to pull, tend to pull up the back more, and I tend to use all the strength I developed from kettlebell training. So I knew my Mark Phillippe, I showed him a clip of me doing deadlifts, and he goes, "You need to dip and drive way more. You need to dip and then drive immediately. You know, you're just like yeah. picking up the bar with your back and then standing up with it. <laughs> you know, you need to dip and drive just like with military press, and you you pull the, you pull the weight down and then fire it up it's like an upper body push press. You're creating a little bit of motion." So it's kind of exactly. a similar mechanism, like a trigger you're trying to pull. So, I mean, it's, it's fun, though, man. I mean, I, I like working on it. I like hearing stuff like that. I like working on these moves that are difficult because, to me, it's, I've been working out hard since I was 18. I'm 40 now, and it's still exciting because there's always something to improve. There's always something to learn. There's always something you can get better at. I'm still working on improving my kettlebell pressing technique. You know, I've been doing it for 12 years. Exactly. I'm always surprised when someone says, like, I get bored working out. I'm like, how long have you been doing it? I got bored working out. Like, okay, you're bored with life. Jeez, you're taking up space. Taking up matter, I man. can't. I can't really understand how you get bored in the gym. I can't, I can't fathom that concept. I hear that shit from people. I'm just like, well, what, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, is that getting stronger is boring to you? It's like, you know, so, 
Say, it's like looking in the mirror, looking in the mirror and looking good is boring. I don't know. I mean, I, I just thought the whole idea was actually look good, feel good, be strong. If that's boring, right. buy something else. Josh says, I love being able to just pick up somebody and throw them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. <laughs> now, now there's <laughs> a goal. That's functional strength right there. That's functional. Yeah, exactly. You're walking around the strip, and like people like walking around the strip, people are always texting. They're, they're never looking for it. So every once in a while, instead of me just getting out of people's way, I go, you know what? This guy's about to bump into me, so I'm just going to stay right in his lane. And then the second he's about to hit me, I just brace, and then boom, he goes bouncing right off. It's hilarious. He's like, oh, excuse me. I was like, yeah, don't fuck. Try, try, if you need to text, why don't you stop and text instead of walking and texting with your head down? So that right there alone should give you more incentive than want to work out. So therefore, you can, <laughs> you can help people stop being assholes with their cell phones. Okay, so I'm pretty sure the guy learned a lesson that day. <laughs> keep your head up. Or people on the cell phone that are like, people texting in between stats and stuff like that. Like, oh, some, yeah, that right there. Or like, they're like, turn your goddamn phone off for an hour, man. Does it really need to be on? Do I really need to check my email while I'm working out? I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That's totally me right there. I'm definitely a phone whore. I mean, you guys are just ripping <laughs> me apart right now. Oh, no, I feel really bad. I feel, really, I feel really bad about this right now, but I'm, I'm addicted to my phone. I'm not going to lie. But Jay kills because he'll take his selfie in the gym and he makes fun of himself about it. Though. At, least, at least he's a good sport about it. There's some people that take selfies in the gym and they're serious. Whereas Jay just cracks jokes on himself like, yep, I'm taking a selfie in the gym. Hell, why not? Everybody else is doing it. <laughs> like, I got to fit in, man. It's part of the new breed. Hashtag new breed. That's the way it's going to be. You're all doing Twitter posts on. <laughs> Jay, right. Jay's I'm like, look at all these fucking assholes checking their email in the gym. And he's in the gym working out. Just finished my second set. Just finished the third set. Hashtag four sets up next. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> Hashtag train to failure. I love how people have to log every nuance of their day on social media. Oh, Just went to Whole Foods. Look what I found. Now I'm getting in my car. I'm gonna go get my gonna get an oil change. It's like, hey, I think I'm gonna stop and get uh, some gelato on the way home. <laughs> you know, it's like everyone wants to be a reality TV star. So if they can't get on a show, then they try to make their Facebook page a reality TV show. And what's amazing yeah, is that anyone's fucking looking. That's the part that amazes me more. Like, like yeah, a friend of mine today he actually wrote this. I just got in my car. I'm heading to work on Facebook. That's exactly what he wrote. You should be like, you like, be like congratulations. <laughs> yeah. I pretty much said, and hey, why should I care? <laughs> I'm like, granted, you know, I, I post some dumb shit online. I mean, I'll be the first person to admit that. But it's all, I have a good time with it. Yeah, but do. I don't really need to see, well, uh, I got my car going to work. Okay, thank you. Don't crash. <laughs> I'm more like, well, like suck, congratulations. suck, suck being you. Let's <laughs> see how to reply to that. Like, suck being you. <laughs> like now, that. if you were to post it, I'm getting blown right now in my car on the way to work. I'd be like, you, you're the man. <laughs> it's like, next time, man. I want to see pics. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, it's on video. hey, if it's not on video, it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's always my denial system. It's like, hey, I heard you did this. Like, get it on tape? Nope. And it never happened. <laughs> yeah, it never happened. <laughs> yeah. And even if you got it on tape, man, how do you know for sure that was me? Yeah, you can pull you can pull the R. Kelly. That wasn't me, that was my brother. Like, dude, that was you pissing on a fourteen year old girl, man. That was not your brother. No, look at him. That's me. I mean, that's not me, that's my brother. Like you, it's hard you're killing me. To get me with, anything with my face scars. Like it's like I'm not gonna be robbing a bank anytime soon. It's like, yeah, a guy with a black and white goatee and a burned face off out of here. It's like it wasn't yeah. me. <laughs> Gotta be someone else that looks just like me. I'll be someone comes up to me and they're like, uh, 
like uh, I always laugh when someone comes up to me like, you know, you look just like this person. I was like, really? That other really? person has a fucking black and white goatee and a burn face too? Fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I pretty much made it very hard for me to commit any crimes, like identifiable tattoos. I mean, because they're always asking, like, "What's that? What's that funny looking cross on your arm?" It's like, "Oh, go go do some go do some history, man." Like, "Oh, that's cool. Yeah, man, I like your hair. Yeah." So I'd, I'd be screwed. I'd be well, screwed. Like, didn't you play guitar in the band Living Color? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody knows better yet, like Seven Dust, right? To my, hey man, I know you. They're like, like yeah, oh. I also wrote that song. Everybody loves you when you're by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck <her>. uh, <laughs> you. <laughs> oh man. So Jay, like, what do you have going on now, man? As far as um, as far as programming, I know you had, I know you put a book out a few months ago as yes. well. Let's talk about that. First of all, let's talk about the title of the book. Let's talk about what. Okay, what kind of system is this, Jay? So, AKA Look, the ASS. 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 Yes. That's right. It's <laughs> <That's> a <laughs> perfect <go>. name. <laughs> Sell it, bro. I mean, imagine the T-shirts and that would be fucking spectacular. I might you know, actually make them. But yeah, just <laughs> pretty much ass. Is... <laughs> yeah. Buy my ass. Buy my, my ass up. Something like that. Yeah, I just you got my mean... ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> You yeah, want to put it out of funny mouth. Really crazy this. I was like, I just got fucked in the head. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a big picture of you smiling right below me. Especially for the idea, I might have to do that. Oh, I love our show, man. You know, we could, we're so around. Oh. We could say it's, it's great. We were just talking about this at our last show. It's like we could just say whatever we want about anyone we want. You know, and we could, and there's, there's there's like no one that's like there's like no topic that's off limits. You know, it's great. So yeah, so whoever posted great. like when you posted on my page, man, you're saying you come on the show. So whoever said censored or uncensored, there's your answer. They must not have ever listened to this show because that wouldn't even be a question. That's not even a rhetorical question. Like, since every what episode is that? on iTunes, explicit, explicit, explicit. 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 <laughs> <laughs> like, it's been so long since I haven't had to put that explicit on, on the tags. And I had to, like, scroll down, like, damn, we haven't been clean in a long time. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of like Snoop taking a fucking drug test. We have not been clean in a long time. Jeez, <laughs> like, man. So yeah, man. Tell us like, tell us about your book. So I don't know. See, this is what we do. We go off on tangents. But when you start talking about ass, we we can't pass it up, man. So yeah, just tell everybody about what's going on with your book. Uh, well, I pretty much did it. I was beat up. I was uh, tired. I couldn't really go heavy too much anymore. I was just too beat up. Too many nagging injuries. And I kind of developed the book by accident. I just uh, started cycling intensities between uh, higher reps, medium reps, and occasionally a max effort day. And I would throw in some bodybuilding stuff in the mix. So I kind of tweaked it over a few months in the program it is now. And then uh, I started working out really well for me. So I gave it to a few friends of mine, and they ran it, and they were loving it. You know, they got phenomenal results. And you have people that are actually pretty strong guys getting stronger, you know, losing weight, and then gaining more muscle because they just... Of the, the, amount, the amount of lifting you do in it and the amount of uh, the short rest periods in it, they're actually having pretty good results off of this. One of my exes actually convinced me to make this into a book because I originally was going to put this program on my website for free. I was going to give it away. She convinced me to actually make it into a book. So it took me a while to write it because uh, I think I have a job and I have a life. <laughs> so I got it together. I, I put it out with minimal fanfare. I didn't really, I don't really market the book at all. I don't really... Uh, I'm kind of a, one of those anti-marketing types. 
so I put it out, and it's been selling steady. I mean, nothing spectacular, but people keep writing me now. They're still getting Amazon, results off it. Is it on Amazon, or is it just your website? My website, AspenShrimp.com. Cool. Yeah, we'll have a link to it. Yeah, we'll put a link to it in the show notes, man, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm not playing Amazon. I mean, I self-publish it, self-host it, you know, through PayPal. I mean, it must, you know, it's just pretty much what it is. I mean, about 60, it's a 59-page book, which is obviously pretty fucking funny in itself. <laughs> you know, the ass book. I've, I've, I've had more than one comment, and I were like, 69 pages, you do that intentionally? I'm like, actually, no. But it works out pretty well. But you know, people like it. It's, it's, been, it's been doing pretty well. I mean, it's basically you're doing every body part twice a week. Every single body part you have twice a week. So you're doing the shoulders twice a week, arms twice a week, back, chest, calves, ham, hamstrings, and quads. You're doing them all twice a week. You're doing dick carries. Twice a week as well, then, because you said pretty much. body part. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but with this, with this thing, you actually might get laid twice a week, so you actually look a lot better. <laughs> that's all, that's all I also added a fucking bonus. I <laughs> uh, love it. Yeah, and also on Amazon, you can stay self-published, Jay, and, and offer your book through Amazon. Like my, my Live Life Aggressively book is self-published as well, and I sell it through Amazon and Barnes & Noble as a, as a self-published book. So you can keep in mind that it, it, it doesn't cost you anything to do that. I mean, you give them a profit share, but it opens you up to a much wider audience that will find right. out about it. Right. <clears throat> so, yeah, you know, at least you got options also with um – Amazon, you got Kindle and all that as well, so folks can take it on the go. Since, they, since they're already going to have their phones and taking pictures of themselves in the gym anyway, might as well have their program right there, <laughs> readily available. Exactly. Book. You know, take a selfie, Where? do your program. Exactly. Actually, it might be a chapter in the book about taking the right selfie, too. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, important, that's important shit. You know, if you don't take a selfie and check in, you didn't officially work out. Well, here's you the deal, Jay. This is what I need you to do. If you're going to do that, make sure you're the female model. Okay, you gotta make it more enticing. Because guess what? That works both ways, literally. So women like that and men like that. So whereas when you do it for yourself, you got a limited audience when you do it for yourself, there, Jay. So that's the thing you gotta keep in mind. So this, these are good marketing tips, Mike, are giving Mike and myself are giving you right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is valuable shit. So if you can sell for like five hundred bucks right now online. <laughs> One thing that I did notice from your website, and also you, have, you know, I'm part of your Facebook group as well, man. You give a lot of stuff away for free. You just talked about that with the book that you plan on doing that. So you give a lot of content away for free, man. And you know, a lot of folks in this industry don't want to do that. They want to sell every damn thing. And you post your workouts out there. Mike and I, we do the same thing as well, man. Do you think that's really helped a lot, like with your following online as well? Well, definitely. I've had people. Like even friends of mine I've known, I mean, online and offline, they've uh, messaged me or texted me saying, "Hey, I'm using your workout for today." And they'll let me know, you know, how they, how they, how they did it. You know, it's, it pretty much works that way. I think, I think when you make yourself transparent, yes. so people, see what you, people see what you're doing, it goes a lot right. further in helping your credibility. Even if you're not the best of the best of what you do, it helps a lot with credibility and integrity. Right. Yeah, so if, you, if, you're, if you're evasive, if you're evasive by any part of your life and in the public eye, I'm not saying personal life, it's a whole different story. I'm talking about the fitness industry life. If you're not honest right. with people and you're not transparent, I mean, obviously people are, can be a little stupid too, but I think it helps a lot with your long-term credibility if you're that way. Right. No doubt. I think it catches yeah. up with you if you're not because with the Internet world, information spreads so fast that if you're just blatantly lying or being deceptive, it's going to get out there at some point. Yeah, but that one—I mean, I forget the guy's name, but uh, I know Roman Yonello and the whole Alpha book. You know, I've all right, I hate right. that no. fucking book. Goddamn, right. I hate that book. But whatever. Some <laughs> some guy, 
Yeah, someone asked us, when we're, like, when are you guys going to have those guys on your show? It's like, like uh, oh, we, may, we may have them on the show, but it's, it's going to be it a hostile be interview. <laughs> it it <laughs> won't be great. As a guy Somebody copied his exact website. I'm not going to read a book like that and be mystified, nor, but I don't, think, I don't think that's giving myself a pat on the back. I don't think anyone with intelligence is going to read that book and be mystified. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I said, somebody actually – Copied the website pretty much template for template, just changed the colors, same font or anything like that, and put out their own book. And I forget what the guy's name is. That's a pretty well-known trainer. I forget who the hell it was. But he got well, exposed I mean, online. He got exposed online pretty quick for it because it's just like this blatant ripoff. Yeah, he was ripping off. Uh, he was ripping off Jim Jones quite a bit, right? He was ripping off. Oh, who is that person? I know exactly what you're talking. I'll try to think about it while we're while we're talking here. Yeah, he was. He ripped off Mark Twice. That's who got ripped off. I forget the name oh, yeah. of the yeah. Mark Twain, uh, which kind of tells you that you shouldn't rip off people because all we remember is that the, the person you ripped off, we don't remember you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> exactly. It's true. Oh. Once you get a like that, ripping somebody off, it's pretty much a, it's a, long, it's a long way up. But then again, only a few people actually know about it, though. I mean, really, waiting this way, way to information travels, not everybody's going to be on Facebook and Twitter and reading blogs. True. You know, but unfortunately, the way, I mean, it's kind of a catch-22. Some people read it, some people don't. Well, here's the problem, Dave, so that if, if you rip, like, let's say I rip off your material. I'm not going to know it as well as you do. So if I try to answer questions based on material I ripped off, it's going to start coming. It's not, there's going to be a total disconnect. It's going to be like, huh, that's yeah. funny. It's like what he wrote about, he sounded like he really knew that shit. And then, you know, when I ran into him at Mandalay Bay and asked him about something, he, he looked really confused with that, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, so, I mean it's, it's like if someone asks me anything about my information, I don't have to sit around and think about it. I'm going to know it. It's like, you know, we, we, we've had strength coaches who say they don't want to come on our show unless we give them all the interview questions ahead of time so they can improve it. And we just tell those people to fuck off. We're not doing that bullshit. Yeah, it's just insane. It's a fucking tonight show and shit. What the hell is that all about? Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like don't come on our show and tell us how we're going to do it. You know, we're going to tell you how it's going to go down. That, and, and the way it goes down is there are no rules. You know, it's a free-flowing show. But uh, it's a two-way street. Like, but yeah, it's like, what do, you have to, what do you have to hide in the first place? Exactly. You know, it's funny. Whenever Mike and I, like, someone does an interview with us, like, oh, you need me to send you some questions? I'm like, nope. They're like, really? I'm like, dude. I'm an open book, so it'll just go one way or the other. If there's a question I don't want to ask, I'm like, nah, fuck that. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> and I'll say that. I'm like, nah. Uh, somebody, ah, that right there, you know, that's, I'm just going to pass on that one. That's personal. Or uh, otherwise, I don't care. So as long as you're not asking me, as long as you're not asking me, what, you know, as long as you're not asking me, like, how I hit my wife last night in the bed, you know, which I probably still might tell you. I don't care. <laughs> you know, not? so, you know, why not? You know, but other than that, it's just like, eh, I don't care, man. Who gives a shit? You know, at the end of the day, I'm like, what are you going to do to me? What can you hold over me? I mean, again, but, but my, my like famous this, phrase, yeah. go ahead. It's kind of like these people, like, uh, they, they need to have the questions ahead of time so that they can prepare themselves what they, <laughs> how they should answer, but they don't even know. It's like, give me those, it's, like, it's, not, it's almost like they want to have the questions ahead of time so that, they, they so that it's limited to those questions, but it's also like they want to have those questions ahead of time so they can think about ahead of time how, would they, how they would answer. Now, my retort to that is if you actually know your own material, why do you need to think about it ahead of time? Exactly. And if they ask you something that you don't know, hey, I got three words for you. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, about, I think those three words can save the world right there. More people start admitting <laughs> the shit they don't know. Those three words, I think, are more important than I love you. It's like, I don't know. 
<laughs> so and we wouldn't have any fucking. Well, how about right. she goes? Do you love me? You say I don't know. That's, that's yeah, exactly. pretty funny. <laughs> 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 we're on the same page. That I was about to say that slide. You, you love, love me? me? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> come, on, come on, I'm still working on that. <laughs> give me some more material. Give me, give me about a couple of weeks here. <laughs> Give me some reasons why I should first. You know. <laughs> Come on, you, you have, have to put the pros and the cons and be loving you. Like this. If you have to ask, that's your answer. You already yeah. know. <laughs> that's like you know. That's like asking me, do these jeans make my ass look fat? Girl, why do you think I'm with you? I like a fat ass. Like, come on, and don't ruin it for me, please. Well, you're a black guy this year, so I mean, hold on. But I don't like ghetto. I don't like ghetto ass. There's, there's ass and there's just ass ridiculousness. People are always like, hey, Mike, why, why, what, made, what made you pick Sincere to be on the show with you? I was like, well, you know, it's kind of like uh, the same reason why Howard Stern picked Robin to be on the show. You know, he's got a black woman on the show. I got a black guy. I can say whatever I want now. I could, I could be as racist and offensive as I want and be like, hey, come on, don't say I'm racist, man. I got a black guy with my clothes. Fuck you. Which is the equivalent of some of my best friends are black. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. If, to my, if, on, have, if you have to say that, you're a fucking racist. Okay. Well, whenever, whenever you have to preface something, like, I'm not homophobic, but it's like, okay, but, you just don't homophobic. Yeah. Like, like, I'm, I'm not, not a Christian, but, but you know, it's like, all right, well, just the fact you have to preface it, you're already telling us what you are. <laughs> that one always cracks me up. That, one, that goes right along with, you know, I'm not trying to offend you, but that you already offended me just by saying that. Yeah, okay. no, offense, <laughs> no offense, buddy, but uh, it's like, well, here comes something offensive. <laughs> Exactly. Like, here's the setup. At least you prepped me for it. Or, or they, they tag it on the end. It's like, you know, all these guys are a bunch of fucking idiots. No offense. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of, like, attorneys when they're in court. And they'll say something, and then it's like, um, overruled, you know, objection or whatever. But, they, they okay, strike that from the records, Your Honor. Like, the jury didn't fucking hear what you just said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, the jury's like, well, we can't think about that when we decide what it is. <laughs> like you can like you can erase their memory, like you can just hit control alt delete on their fucking brains really quickly or something like that. That's hilarious to me, man. Oh man. All right, Jay man. So thank you for coming on the show. Just give us more information. No problem, thank you. Just tell everybody like where they can find you online, man. Uh pretty much AskMeStrength dot com. Obviously I'm on Facebook. Twitter is sporadic. Instagram I'm on there too, obviously. I gotta have selfies, so I'm on my Instagram. So <laughs> hey, pretty, pretty, pretty much ashmanstrength.com is uh main portal of information for workouts and uh nonsensical ramblings and spitting out some hatred in the fitness industry. So you can find all the stuff on there. Everything else is branches off from that. Plus you're on Instagram for the same reason why everyone is. Ass. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean if I if I thought ahead of time, I probably would have something like AS, ASSstrength.com, but you know, I was trying to be I was trying to be a little professional first and then it kind of backfired. <laughs> and I pretty much probably just stick with what I am, a freaking street kid from Reading to act like a dick and it works out pretty well for me. I mean it's amazing, when you actually act like yourself, it doesn't it's pretty much well, works. We, we had a we had a guest named Drock Quas, and that that that'll give you something to think about right there, just that name. But anyway, he said something funny that you know I was on his show actually. He was interviewing me, and I said, uh, you know, you got to be yourself. I go maybe and, unless you're a dick, you know, maybe that won't work in your favor. And Drock is like, well, no, actually, that'll work in your favor too because you're going to attract all the other dicks and assholes out there. <laughs> you know, so, and there's probably enough that you're going to be like, man, this guy's a fucking asshole just like me. I'm going to go buy his book. You know? <laughs> I mean, please, ass- assholes travel in packs. That's how it always is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh man, bad visual right there. Bad visual. 
<laughs> I'll take a six pack of assholes, please. That, that, that's, like the, that's like the uh tagline of the, the, the Green Door, which is like a a, play, a swingers club in Las Vegas. Oh, that didn't even sound good. <laughs> the Green Door. The, the other green one's called door. the Red Rooster. Like, I've never yeah, heard of that, that place ever. I don't know what you're talking about. That sounds real inviting, the Red Rooster. Yeah, we had one of those in Houston too, a, a place it was a place called the Red Rooster. But basically <laughs> The Red the Red Rooster. Yeah, but the thing is, don't forget the red rooster. That's pretty much a red cock. Do you really want to go to this place, man? <laughs> like, yeah, really yeah, I, I, I might have, I might have that place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to a place called the Pink Kitty. Send me there, red rooster now. <laughs> well, there's a place called the Pink Taco in Las Vegas. <laughs> 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 yeah, pink Taco is like all cheesy and shit like that. Nah, Pink Kitty. I thought that. Was... Yeah, it's kind of yeasty that Pink Taco place. <laughs> Flower tortillas, man. That's what it is. <laughs> the real oh, candida fest over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, man. I know you got to get out of here, Jay. Man, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Thanks a lot, Bob. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Cool, man. Yeah, great stuff, man. Pleasure. We'll, we'll definitely have you back again when you have time, man. It's a pleasure. Yeah, definitely. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. Brother. Take care. Take care. Have a great you too. Bye-bye. You too. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Thank you. Oh, man, that was Jay Ashman, man. You can check out more information about Jay at ashmanstrength.com, or you can just find him on, like you said, Instagram, Twitter, or even Facebook. That's one of the more comical stuff right there, man. He, a lot of the things he posts on Facebook is just gold. And, again, not PC at all, which, you know, Mike and I, that's how we, that's how we roll. Yeah. We like that. In case you haven't <laughs> figured it out, we're not very PC ourselves. I mean, the oh, yeah. last email. You know, my, my last newsletter blast for the Drock episode and Ben Greenfield's episode, in the subject line I said, why PC sucks, right? And I had more opens for that message than the last five emails. So, I mean, people, controversy sells, man. And the, and the, the cool thing is we're not trying to be controversial for the sake of being controversial. It just happens organically, kind of like everything right. else you do on the show. So it's not like we're like, you know, bringing on these uh, crazy people so that we have these nutty shows because of the guests. It's like we're, we're controversial because that's just who we are. Right. And the, the episode with John Hines talking about his TRX experience, that's a perfect example. The one with Jay today, you know, that, that was more humorous, but it was also very, very forthright and very coming. You, know, you can tell this guy doesn't pull his punches. He doesn't uh, censor himself before he talks. He didn't come on the show to use that as a PR platform to sell his book. But guess what? I think people are really going to like what he had to say in his personality, and I think he will sell a lot of books as a result of it. So exactly. it all works out. Yeah. And, you know, he was not afraid to talk about his mistakes and right. the things that he's done wrong and, you know, pretty much how he's worked on coming back from that stuff. So he's not one of those guys that's trying to seem super-duper perfect, like, oh, I've been training this way, blah, 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 I think and everything important. went right. You know, when you're a young guy, I was talking to a young guy in his 20s the other day. He hit me up on Facebook, and he, he just got out of a bad relationship, and he just met a girl that he really likes. He's like, you know, this is the hottest girl I've ever been with. I really like her. He's like, you know, the problem is my sex drive is lower right now than it should be, and you know, I'm worried about performance and stuff like that. And I was like, well, look, man, you just got out of a bad relationship, and you should probably take your time before getting into something new. But now that you're already in it, just be honest about that shit, man. You know, just don't, yeah. don't, don't tell – don't let this girl – don't leave her hanging. In other words – if you're having performance issues because you're stressed out or whatever's going on in your mind, make sure she knows why that is because otherwise she's going to assume that it's her that's the problem. Right. And that's going to backfire on you completely. So, I mean, I was like, you need to tell her what you just told me. Tell her she's the hottest girl you've ever been with and you really like her. 
and that you're insecure every once in a while because of what happened in your recent past. And I guarantee you that'll go, that'll work in your favor, man. And if it doesn't, it's the wrong chick. So either way, it's going to work in your favor. But I think, I think a lot of young guys are, are they're, they're so focused on trying to present a certain self. Like I need to come right. off strong all the time. Otherwise I'm going to be weak and my friends are going to make fun of me and, you know, girls are going to laugh at me and on so forth. And you, you don't have to be, honest and you know, being honest and vulnerable doesn't mean you're weak like i said on facebook the other day i go compassion is a great form of strength and compassion for yourself is part of it yeah. so i think you can you can be honest and compassionate and vulnerable and all those things and it, it's all going to work in your favor it's all going to make yourself it's all going to be strengths for you like someone was telling me the other day like oh you know you've got some insecurities this and so forth i'm like fuck yeah i do i was like who the fuck doesn't you're, you think i've ever tried to deny that have you read my fucking right. book like my whole book is about like how insecure I was growing up biracial and you know how me being uh, going through some abuse when I was a kid fucked me up immensely for a long time and how I fucked right. up in this business and this relationship. I mean, most of the book is about how I fucked up and, and just kept pushing forward rather than how great I am and how I just kept on being successful with everything I touched. And as a result of that, I'm free of that. I don't have to like, you know, try to deny anything or like, oh, I hope they don't find out about this because it's all out there. Right. And also, when you are willing to admit that we all have our insecurities and fears, I mean, I've got some fears, man. You know what scares me out of my mind is being an old person. I look at, <laughs> I look at old people, man, that are all decrepit. And this is not a knock on senior citizens. You know, I respect everybody. But, you know, I, I look at a lot of people that are like 70, 80, and they're all hunched over, and they, yeah. look, like, they look terrible and weak. And I'm like, God damn, that's fucking depressing. But then I look at someone like my dad, man. My dad is 72. His, his total testosterone is 550, which is a good fucking number for a guy his age. I mean, there's a lot of guys half his age who don't have that number. And he's not this beacon of health. You know, he's not a workout guy in a, in a, in a health nut. But his, his mind works very well. He still works. He still goes out there and does all the things he likes to do, you know, fishing, camping, et cetera. He still travels the world, checking out this uh, charity he's working with, helping out kids that are orphans and so forth. You know, he still lives fully at 70. And I'm like, I, you know, I, I, want, I, I look at that and go, okay, you know, cool. And my mom is still very active. You know, her, her mind still works very well. She's still really into science and reading scientific journals and learning new stuff. And, you know, she's in her 70s too, man. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be that way. So, but but but, uh, but I won't lie, man. That's like kind of one of my fears. Is like, God, man, I don't want to. I don't want to ever be not strong like I am right now. Like you know, the physical things I can do and the energy I have and the way I look and feel. It's like I, I would hate to not to have those things. But eventually, right. you're going to lose those things, and you have to accept that. Right. So, so that's definitely one of my fears, man, for sure. You know, with me, man, it's like okay, yes, it's it's a fear, but I say probably not much of a fear now. It's more of an awareness. The fact that I know I have Alzheimer's, you know, in my family. Right, and so I'm right. very conscious about, you know, make sure I'm getting fats and keeping my brain healthy and keeping my brain active. And, and I'm always and doing different things. Stress. You know, stress is correlated yeah. with Alzheimer's heavily. Exactly. So, you know, I look at that, you know, my, that's my grandmother, you know, pretty much, you know, her health deteriorated through symptoms of Alzheimer's. And that's right. very close to home right there. And then on top of that, I've had like, on that same side of the family, just with my father and, and my uncle, you know, they died tragically. You know, it wasn't natural causes. It was like freak accidents and things like that. So it makes me even more aware of just my environment of where I am and places I choose to go. Yeah, I can't, I don't have any control of what can happen to hell. I can sit here and somebody could plug me right now through my window while I'm doing this podcast <laughs> if they wanted to or whatever. Yeah. But I try to do my best to not go to places or put myself in situations where I can just 
heighten the risk for those things to happen. So, you know, I, I try to, you know, I don't sit there and when some asshole is trying to cut me off and all this other shit or whatever on the highway, I don't want to go chasing after him. Okay, that's just stupid. Bye. Yeah, I, just, okay. I, just give him, I just give him the bird, as you well know. <laughs> yeah, I, saw yeah, I, get it, I get it all out of my system. I was in the car with this year. I picked him up at his hotel to drop him off the airport. And I'm in, I'm in the left turning lane, right? There's two lanes turning left. I'm in the far right one. So there's a guy, there's a cab driver in the far left lane. He decided he wanted to go all the way to the right. So he, he, was just, he didn't even ask if he could cut in front of me. You know, it's, it's one thing if you roll this window down. He's like, hey, man, you mind if I cut in front of you? I've had people do that. I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. He just assumed that I was going to be cool with it. So he just cut right in front of me, and then he was blocking me, and this, these lights don't last long, so he's blocking me trying to go right, and I'm honking, and he's just ignoring me. So then I, like, you know, I gave him the full bird, and I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker. You know, I just went off. It was hilarious. But you know what? I got out of my system. I don't have to think about it again. It didn't ruin my day or my afternoon, but I, I just had an honest reaction to a dickhead. And uh, that's the end of it, man. I don't have to harbor anything now. I don't have to think about it at all. Now it's funny. Now I can tell the story and we're laughing about it. It was funny then, too. (laughs) I was laughing about it as it was happening. I started laughing when I already saw Pretty much you saw the setup. You saw it coming. So I was was like, oh, check. I I told Mike, I said, check this dude out. Check him out. <laughs> and then Mike's like, no, 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 fuck you, motherfucker. No, you're not. And sure enough, he tried anyway. And I'm telling you, man, it was hilarious. You had, like, it was one of those moments, yeah, you had to be there. And it's funny, I told Paula this story. Even oh, she started yeah. cracking up. That whole, that whole time you're out in Vegas was hilarious, man. I'm hanging out with yeah. you at the Rio. I'm going back to my car at 3 in the morning, and some, some hooker sees me. She's like, hey, honey, where are you going? I'm like, not with you. <laughs> so I was like, I didn't even have to think about what I had to say. Man. It was like that perfectly timed response. And she, had, she had like no counter to that. She wasn't like, well, wait a minute. You know, her face was just, you know, like her, her, whole, her, whole, her whole act was thrown off. Like I, I just yep. broke her. I broke her, her line of thinking, pattern break. Now, now she's she better now she'll be better prepared for rejection the next time she gets rejected at 3 in the morning in a parking lot at the casino. But, but, I, but I wasn't rude about it either. It was kind of like a joke. I was like, not with you. Big smile yeah. on my face. Kept going. I mean, I'm, I'm not rude to anyone. You know, I, I don't judge anybody who's trying to make a living. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I feel kind of bad for some of these ladies. It's such a desperate way to go, but I don't judge it one way or another. I don't know anything about her life and what she needs right. to do. So I don't need to be a dick about it. But I, but I am going to be funny about it. You, know? <laughs> you might have laughed about it later thinking about it, you know, but who knows. But, uh, but, but, but when we see a lot of these, these working ladies of the evening and some of the guys they're targeting, man, I, I, I feel sorry for them, man. I was like, whatever you're getting paid, it's not enough because that's not enough, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, look at that guy. Like, nope, I'm sorry. You, can, you should at least get a bonus for that dude. <laughs> like, seriously. It's the funniest moments when we're hanging out at the Cosmopolitan at that lounge, which is a total beacon for hookers, man. I mean, that place at 2 in the morning is hooker central. And then we see Shaq walk by, and he looked like he had a black shirt on, black pants, and we're like, man, who's that? I thought he was the security guy for the people he was with. That was, it was like, no. We're both like, who's that big black guy? We're like, oh, shit, that's Shaq. <laughs> that, was, that was his entourage. He wasn't security for them. That was his people. For all we know, there's security for him. <laughs> that's, that's Las Vegas for you, though, man. Funny stuff like that happens all the time. You're walking into the spa. Robin Thicke is walking out. You're walking into the Four Seasons. Schwarzenegger's yeah. walking oh. out. Now, now, on that note, you know, Robin Thicke being in the spa, we see how that probably turned out now, now that him and Paula Patton are now separated. It probably oh, happened. really? You know yeah, they, they got separated, I think, maybe a week or two ago. I said, you know what? It probably happened, happened in Vegas. You know what happened there? Because I was talking to Robin Thicke, and I was like, man, you know, congrats on having such a beautiful wife. And then we took a photo together, and he sent it to her. 
And I think the timing, the timing is perfect. I mean, now I understand. Now I realize what happened there. <laughs> uh, it's, tough, it's tough for couples to make it in that industry. I mean, that's oh, yeah. the whole topic there because you're, you're both working so hard. You're both separated all the time. You're both real alphas. You know, like you're both really pursuing these higher-level goals. So I can, it, I, I can imagine that's really tough. And you're constantly surrounded by groupies, both of you. Like, Absolutely. You know, so there's always that temptation and things. And then, of course, God forbid you get one picture taken that could be misconstrued or whatever, and it's in a tabloid. That stuff right. takes a toll. Even when you, you probably trust someone and you know that they didn't do it, when it's yeah. just constantly being thrown in your face, like, you know, every cover, you go to the grocery store, there's your man on, like, eight covers of doing something, you know, or allegedly doing something. It starts to the way at you. I mean, Paula Patton's on a movie set for six months or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Robin thinks on tour for three months. They're separate. I mean, it, 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 it's tough. It, you know, honestly, it, it's very difficult for any relationship to work out, in my opinion. That's, yeah, you got to give props to someone like Samuel Jackson and like Denzel Washington, who've been with their wives for like thirty years in this industry. Yeah. 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 And but and one thing I do notice though, like with Denzel, like like with his wife, like most of these these wives, the ones who are more successful, they're not even in the industry. Right. But, right. You know, that's the thing about. It. But when you have two people in the industry, or in some some form of entertainment, it's hard, man. It's hard it's because. Dumb. It's you're trying to, you know, I'm, I see someone like Gwen Stefani and like Gavin Rossdale, like, you got to give them props because both their schedules are very busy. You drop some babies in between all that, too. Right. <laughs> Somehow, and they've made it work. So you got to right. give couples like that props. And, you know, you got people I like. I think it's kind of like this also, man. I mean, there's, there's no reason why people should stay together if it's not working either, though. You know, no. so whenever, so whenever someone gets separated, people are like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. It's like, why? Why? Probably, do you know the they're story? Probably both, yeah. They're probably both better off, man. I mean. Like, do you, you know, know the whole story? Or, you know, yeah. When I got my, dude, when I got divorced the first time, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, why? I'm like, it was the best decision for both of us. You know, and guess what? Guess who's going to benefit the most from this? Our children. So that's another thing. I, you know, that's a whole different topic right there, a different show. When people try to stay together for the sake of the kids, no. You're not doing the kids a favor when you can't stand each other. You've got to have on the show. You'd be an interesting guy to come on. And I know you're, uh, you're, you definitely have a lot to say on that, and he has a lot to say on that too. So we'll, I'll definitely talk to him about coming on the show. That would be a cool topic because yeah. he and I have talked about that quite a bit, how when he, when he separated from his wife many years ago, his daughter was just a baby then, and he said, "Look, I don't want her growing up seeing us miserable together. I rather I rather have her see us happy apart." And he goes, "When you're in a relationship with them, and you guys are just really sarcastic with each other, right? Like someone's like, right. hey, can you get this? Why, honey? You know, like that kind of stuff. That's all passive aggressive bullshit, man. And yeah. that stuff's a poison for your relationship." So sarcasm, actually, you know, a lot, a lot of religions like uh, Hinduism, and I think even uh, Prophet Muhammad in Islam talked about how you shouldn't even use sarcasm because he said the whole point of it is that the problem with sarcasm is, is that uh, it, it can be totally misconstrued, right? Because you're, you don't know if someone's being honest or they're just they're, they're trying to be honest through deception or like a, a jokes in case it backfires on them. But like when someone's like, uh, you know, uh, what do you think about this lift? Oh yeah, you you did a really good job. <laughs> and yeah, you know, like it never comes it never comes from a positive place anyway. It, no, it comes exactly. from it comes from a place of insecurity, some yeah, way somehow, absolutely. all oh, the right. time, it, all right the there. time, no matter People what. That are all the time, totally insecure. It's like just say right. what's on your fucking mind, asshole. I mean, we can all <laughs> joke around. You know, joking around is different. Joking around is different. That's not the same thing as being sarcastic. It's a totally different avenue. When, when we're joking around, it's. It's said in a tone that's jovial, jovial and we, you know we know it from the gecko. Yeah, it's just like you know, Sarcastic I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose like 20 pounds. Like, yeah, like that'll ever happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like that, like that. See, that's a way to protect yourself in case it backfires. Like, well, I'm just joking around, honey. 
It's like, yeah. Dipshit. Why, why are you always so serious all the time? Just kidding. have a no, sense of humor. This, I don't like all this Machiavellian bullshit that people try to do. You know, I, I like it more direct. Remember that episode of Star Trek, uh, Space Seed with Khan, was it when the Khan character was introduced? Ricardo Montalban, I don't know if you're a Star Trek fan, but R- Ricardo Montalban was the most infamous bad guy in the whole Star Trek genre as Khan, you know, this, this like superhuman villain. And uh, there's a scene where he and, the, and Captain Kirk and Spock are all at this dinner table and they're talking and he's like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing, Captain Kirk. You know, you're letting, your, you're letting Mr. Spock attack me and then you're looking for weakness. And he's like, uh, he's like, you know, in my time, we preferred it more direct, more honest. And I was like, yeah, I like it. He's a bad motherfucker. <laughs> come on, come on. First of all, so before, Star, yeah, before Star Trek, he was a straight-up player because he was on Fantasy Island. Dude, <laughs> he was I, I Mr. Rourke. <laughs> I always thought Ricardo Montalban was just like the epitome of fool. If you've ever seen an interview with him, super oh, yeah. classy guy, man. Yep. And uh, he was so fucking good in Star Trek and there's like a scene where like there's some chick he's trying to chomp on there and he's like go or stay but do it because it is what you wish <laughs> I was like this guy man he can take lies that anyone else says it's going to sound shitty as shit like it just did when I said it and he makes it sound cool you know that's the sign of a good actor like anyone else who did this scene would be laughing like fucking cheese ball but with him we're like shit sounds pretty cool you know <laughs> makes you want to go to the club the next night and do the same thing when you're at the bar with some shit Fantasy Island is hilarious I, I always love Fantasy Island where uh, like he and Tattoo were like all the guests are getting off the plane and like they're kind of going through the backstory, right? Where, like, Ricardo Montalban, Mr. Rourke is like, yes, this is Alicia. She's had problems in her personal life, and she's looking <laughs> to get to the root cause tattoo or that. <laughs> you know, it was always like very cryptic, and, like, you know, like, this underlying tone of darkness. I love that shit, man. That, fucking, that was like me, my mom, and my brother watching that show Friday night, 9 p.m. Like, yeah, right yeah, man. Every <laughs> week. <laughs> or it was right after the love boat. I mean, right after Saturday. the love boat. It was Saturday night when I was growing up. Yeah, it was yeah, right after the love boat. Saturday. It was Saturday. It was Saturday. Love boat was yeah. on an age and then Fantasy Allen was yep. not. And love boat was like campy yeah. ass Disneyland bullshit. And we all laughed yeah. at that. But Fantasy Allen was like, I mean, it's cheesy to watch it now if you try to watch it. But back, this back then, it was Fantasy cool. Island. <laughs> That plane, that plane, the plane. <laughs> like, oh, okay, first of all, the plane comes every week. Why are you still excited? Every time you see a plane. <laughs> fucking plane. The, the plane. Freaking the fucking bell. You know, it's funny. Is that a good friend of mine had to go through. He, he joined a fraternity. good friend of mine joined a fraternity when, he, when we were in college, and he's a short Asian guy, right? And yeah. when he went hazing, he, they, they, they basically nicknamed him Tattoo. <laughs> and basically... If anyone saw him on campus and they said, hey, Tattoo, he had to yell out, the play, the play. <laughs> like, I would never join a fucking fraternity. When I was, even in college, I was like, this is dumb as shit. But I have to admit, that was funny as shit. Though. That was hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, man. All right. Let's wrap this up. Fraternities are gay as shit. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. And then I know people are like, consumers being a fraternity. Hell no. To my anyone that knows me, no. So that's not why I'm wrapping up. I don't to buy my fucking friends. Okay, no. I, well, let me say this. Through, let me say this about my culture. Camp, I would have gone through special forces training. You know, yeah, that's exactly. a brotherhood that's, that's worthy of being uh, proud of. Not, not joining a, a glorified beer drinking club. But, but Mike, you know, it's all about the community service and the connections that <laughs> yeah. you graduate. Join a sorority like, so you can be a glorified whore, and then you fucking join a fraternity so you can be a, a wannabe fucking uh, player. <laughs> that, that's something that up. Yeah, yeah. Basically, especially <laughs> in, in, in my community, I don't need 
I'm not gonna let you beat my ass just to call me your brother. I didn't yeah. even beat my own little brother's ass to call him my brother. Guys trying to hate me, man. I would have punched him in the fucking nose. Would have been kicked yeah, out. I'm out. sorry. I have home training, and I was always raised: if someone hits you, you better hit them back, or you don't come home. Because I'm gonna beat your ass when you come home. So you hit me, I'm hitting you back. Condescending tone, like, but that was around my friends when they were going through, and like someone would call them up at two in the morning. They'd be like, "Get out to the field right now!" Yeah, exactly. I would be like, fuck you, motherfucker. I'm going to come out there and kick your fucking ass is what I'm going to do in two minutes. <laughs> that would have been no, my it's, response. It's, it's all about learning discipline. <laughs> like, again, no, It's man. all about you insecure pussies who are trying yeah, to like, look, I'm 18 years old. make yourself feel better. And then, and then you're like, well, cool, man. I can't wait till next year when I get to do this. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, it's like you guys are just a bunch of insecure twats who get off on humiliating other people. Let's you know be what? honest with what that shit is, man. No, well, and, my daughter, my 15-year-old daughter says they're nothing but organized gangs. That's what she tells my, that's what she tells my middle son because he's in one. She's like, y'all just a bunch of thugs. You're just a bunch of organized no gangsters. through any of it, though, right? You know, it's not like Navy SEAL training where they're breaking you mentally so to, to get rid of the people that are not going to cut it. You know, yeah, weed them out, yeah. It's not about being like intentionally cruel or humiliating, humili- humiliating people. It's about separating the people that are not a fit to the people that are a fit, so that the, the mentally strong and the physically strong, the people that are a right fit, go through. It's a necessary. It's a necessity, I think. So it makes sense there, and I, I think that's why people have such a strong bond with the, the other people they go through it with. Because I mean, you know, you've really accomplished something. You know, all the people I know that have been through any kind of special forces. I mean, they have that real strong inner security and pride, man, just good people. And the, the, the whole fraternity thing is a totally different scenario. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll have some listeners like, well, you know, I'm part of uh, Beta Kappa Phi. And, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm like, first of all, you're using a, an alphabet system that's pretty much irrelevant now. Let's start with that. Greek ancestry. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, last my check, I, you know, I didn't. I may have an Irish. I had an Irish slave master somewhere down the line, but it didn't have any Greeks. So I rather I rather drink a Guinness right now than you and your well, stupid letters. I do my remake of a Tupac song. How do you want it? You know, I, I throw in my own song. I love the way you activate that hips and push your ass out, making a Hindu want it so bad. I'm about to pass out. <laughs> it's funny now that you do that now, because all I can think about is the dude we saw at the Cosmopolitan that was trying to be cool. I should have like, sort of played that, but I should have just walked up to the girl in front of him, like the Indian guy, and been like, you know what? Here's what he really wants to say to you. Hold on. I love the way you activate that hips and your ass out. How do you want to tell me? How do you want to tell me? <laughs> now, she would have died of laughter. Oh, that man. Like, I'm going to do that next time I'm in that situation. I see some, like, uh, like some tacky Indian guy talking to, you know, some uh, elegant lady of the night. I'm going to be like, you know what? This guy's kind of shy, so let me, let me, I'm not being I can kind of speak for him. I was like, here's what really <laughs> I'm hitting twitches on bitches at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Now we're going to wrap this up. Okay, wrap <laughs> it up. <laughs> so, again, folks, don't forget to go to both our websites. Head over to newwarriortraining.com. Type in the coupon code LLA. You'll get 30% off of my digital download, a physical copy of my DVD, as well as 30% off of my Weight Management 101 course. So that is available for you now. A lot of great surprises coming along with that program as well. So sign up for that. And get it going, and everything about the course is explained on the page. And I got some extra bonuses that will be coming for the first few people to sign up, actually. So that first group of folks that do that, got some good stuff for you. So go ahead. Go put that coupon code to work and 
on top of that, Mike, what do you have for everybody at your website? Yeah, you can you can use ten percent off to get supplements you should already be on. I mean, if you're not taking my product, shame on you. How many times you have? To, how many episodes are you gonna listen until you realize? You know what, Mike and Sincero, that shit, guys, I bet his supplements are fucking awesome. I mean, I have fifty-five testimonials for my testosterone booster. How many more do I need? Five hundred. 75, let me know. You know. Just someone who's on the fence, let me know how many testimonials you need to see until you're ready to pull the trigger because I got some badass fucking products on my website. So use coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements, my testosterone booster, my recovery oil to help you sleep better at night, my Restorezyme to help get rid of those aches and pains, give you better workout recovery, manage inflammation better. It's got ginger in there to improve your gut health, keep your immune system strong. And then you can also use that coupon code to get 10% off any of my videos, my eBooks, my T-shirts, the whole shebang. And make sure you get on our list for the course we have coming up in September. We've talked about it quite a bit in the last few episodes, so we won't go into that again now. But you just just email Mike at LLA Podcast or sincere at LLAPodcast.com and type in VIP in the subject line, and we'll add you to the list. You know, we've got over 50 people that are hungry to get into this course. It's going to be in Las Vegas, September 20, 21, eight hours, two days in a row. Four awesome instructors, me, Sincere Hogan, Ken Blackburn, Steve Cotter. So anyway, we're going to have a lot of information on that in May, but you want to get on the list now because we're going to give people on the VIP, VIP list first dibs on getting into the course at the lowest price possible. Once we put this on all over our websites and we mass market it, the price is going to go way up. And as people come in, the price is going to keep going up. So the first five people may get in for as cheap as 800 bucks, and then it's going to go up to 1000 No exceptions. So don't, don't email us and say, oh, you know, uh, I didn't get the email. Too bad. Tough shit, man. That's life. And then after the next five people sign up, it's going to go up to 1200 bucks. We're going to keep going up until as the demand comes in because we can only fit in you know, 30 people, 40 people at the most. I just looked at some of the facilities we'll be using. So 40 people at the most. So we have to keep increasing the price as the demand comes in to cap it off there. You know, we can't give it to the lowest price for everyone because we have to, we, we, we have four people that need to get paid for this. And there's a lot of expenses involved in promoting something like this. So, I mean, it's, everyone has to get paid well, including me. And, and we want to make sure we have a, a, an incredible event for you so that we, we need the revenue to put together all the extracurricular activities and make sure we have a badass, badass facility for the course and, and to make sure we have a great deal for group hotel deals for some awesome casinos that you can stay at. So anyway, all that information will be coming out in the next few months, but get on that list now, VIP, Mike at LLAPodcast.com, Sincere at LLAPodcast.com. And that's it. Yep, there you go. All right, folks. So keep your feedback coming and get on it. We'll see each and every one of you folks on the next show. Lots of great guests coming up for this month and for April. Man, we've talked about it so much on the last show, so I'm not going to talk about it now. What can you do is <laughs> just so subscribe to the show and listen to the archives on both of our websites. And there you go. All right, folks, have a great week. Talk to you soon. Take care.